Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, Seat Yourself is 20 to 25 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published on the week of September 30th, 2019, and runs for approximately 25 minutes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 43 of Seat Yourself. Of course, Seat Yourself is our approximately 20-minute podcast on all things hospitality tabletop related. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And of course, we're coming to you as we usually do from the beautiful city of Baltimore, Maryland. This week in our news, we've got some great stories on two great global hotel chains with very premier brands. Both the Hilton and the Hyatt brands have a lot going on these days, and we'll bring you news on each of them and more. And in our product updates, we've got great news from Norway's Figio brand, along with news of several new Dudson products being introduced and then we've got some news on a terrific brand that we haven't really spoken about yet here on See Yourself, and I'm not really sure why. Then in this week's 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, we'll talk about how operators can reinforce the localization trends happening in meeting and conference food and beverage with their selection of certain pieces of buffetware and serveware. And of course, Shannon is Shannon Talon, the well-known category manager for both tabletop and buffetware at Chicago-based Edward Don and Company. And finally, in our commentary this week, we'll come back to the very important issue of trust within organizations, and we'll give you 12 things to avoid when building your trust in your organization. So and now, with all that being said, it's time to get this end of September episode of Seat Yourself going. By now... Everyone knows that at Seat Yourself, we always start with our stat of the week. And this week, I want to address the owners of privately held companies within the hospitality tabletop industry. And while, yes, there are a handful of publicly traded companies in the hospitality tabletop sector, the vast majority of the companies that we talk about every day, even some of the leader companies, are all privately held. And many of them are smaller in size and still entrepreneur-owned and managed, and this week, the stat of the week comes from a study on companies just like these. This week's stat of the week is 48%. That's the percentage of business owners who have no formal exit strategy in place, according to a study done by the Wealth Management Group at Swiss-based UBS. And not only are there no formal exit strategies in place for those owners, according to the study, business owners may also be underestimating what's required for a successful sale. In fact, 75% of owners are planning to, that are planning to sell believe they can do it in a year or less. However, 58% of those same business owners have never had their business appraised. And most owners, they expect to, their competitors to buy their firm ahead of employees or large companies or even private equity firms, according to the study at UBS. With the world shrinking and consolidation both locally and globally playing a growing role in the hospitality tabletop sector, it would seem to us that business owners need to be prepared for the possibilities that will inevitably come their way. A solid exit strategy, including a formal appraisal of what the business is worth, should be part of the planning process for owners of hospitality tabletop companies these days. 
All this to help owners maximize the sale and to better understand the logical steps necessary to complete that sale. So owners, I'm speaking to you today. What's your exit strategy? Because according to UBS, nearly half of you, 48%, don't have one. Isn't it time you change that? And that's our stat of the week, 48%. In the news recently was a story about the death of Baron Hilton, son of Conrad Hilton, the founder of the great hotel chain. According to a post from current Hilton CEO Chris Nassetta, Baron Hilton left behind an incredible legacy of innovation, philanthropy, and service. A legacy that has had a profound and positive impact on the company, according to Nassetta, and that impact continues today. You may recall that earlier this year on Seat Yourself, we talked about how Hilton Hotels was named by its employees as the number one company to work for in America. From all companies, from all industries, what an incredible honor for our industry. And now, a story is out recently that another survey had Hilton as the number one place to work for, for women in the U.S. as well. And this comes after Hilton has been recognized as a top company for diversity, a number one best workplace for parents, and the number two best workplace for millennials. All this in a company that now has a portfolio of 17 world-class brands with 5,900 properties and having nearly 1 million rooms all across 114 countries and territories. And get this, in its 100-year history, Hilton has welcomed more than 1 billion guests and now boasts of having 94 million members in its frequent guest program, Hilton Honors. All very amazing and all very mind-boggling. Oh, and in case you were wondering, Conrad Hilton got into the hotel business in 1919 when he bought the Mobley Hotel in Cisco, Texas. The very first hotel to be branded with a Hilton name was the Dallas Hilton when it opened in 1925. And all this from Conrad Hilton's vision of how hospitality could change the world. And according to CEO Nasetta, continued on by a man who embodied the very best qualities of humanity. So at the age of 91, Baron Hilton passes away. But certainly the company that his father and he started and built is more than impressive in both its size and now its global reach, but also that the cul- in the culture that its current team has built. So our condolences to the Hilton family and congratulations to the team at Hilton currently on continuing to build upon the vision of the founding Hilton family. And in another chain hotel story, Hyatt Hotels has announced its partnering with famed restaurateur Danny Meyer in its new Caption by Hyatt lifestyle brand. Caption by Hyatt is intended to be a new concept within the select service category that will bring people closer together, allowing them to work, eat, or socialize in comfortable, flexible communal spaces. The Caption by Hyatt concept is intended to take advantage of a trend where guests are looking to have meaningful conversations and to make connections, all while in a comfortable and inviting atmosphere. This new concept by Hyatt Brand has been designed to create a location where guests can feel comfortable striking up a conversation with someone new over a cup of coffee or a bite to eat or even a drink at the end of the day. This new Hyatt concept will be anchored by a distinctive food and beverage experience that will be a vibrant mashup between cafe, market, and bar. Danny Meyer's Union Square Hospitality Group consulted on the design and the curation of a conversation-worthy food and beverage concept for this new Hyatt brand. And according to Heather Geisler, Vice President of Global Brands at Hyatt, at Hyatt, we believe in the power of personal connection. 
By listening to our guests, we know that whether they are traveling alone or with a friend, they're looking to connect with others in an environment that is authentic and approachable. Geisler continued by saying that the caption by Higher Brand will invite guests and locals alike to hang out, enjoy a cocktail, catch up with a friend, new or old, in a space that is intended just for them. For more information on the caption by Hyatt concept, visit Hyatt.com, or you can check out the story on our industry news page of Tabletop Journal. In news on products and companies this week, here at Seat Yourself, we've talked about Norway's Figio porcelain occasionally before. You must know that Figio it's certainly not the biggest dinnerware company in the world, which I think it suits the team at Figio just fine, as it allows them to be much more hands-on and generally remain much closer to their customers than sometimes larger companies are willing to do. With minimalist type shapes and designs, and along with great top quality production, Figio has been very successful at bringing forward chef and food-centric products to the hospitality and catering marketplace for many, many years now. Well, and now Figio has launched their new tree collection, which is geometric in its orientation. It still has an organic feel and look to the pieces, which, uh, with a shape based on an equilateral triangle with the corners slightly rounded and soft. The sizes and shapes of the tree collection ensures that it will work very well in buffet-type settings and other serving situations. There are three serving platters in tree, hence the name, which is local dialect for, in the Figio area for, for way of saying the number three. Size-wise, Tree has a large oversized platter that is perfect for serving larger salads and pastas, while the medium and smaller pieces in the collection give the range both versatility and flexibility. The actual dimensions run from approximately 25 centimeters on up to about 45 centimeters in their size. Well known in many parts of the world, the Figio brand has now started here in America for the past several years. The source for the American hospitality sector for Figio products is M. Tucker Company, and of course, they're a division of Singer Food Service. You can find out more by going to the company's website, figio.com, and that's F-I-G-G-J-O.com. The Dudson brand is a name that I know has a lot of followers in our industry. Since the company shut down and sold several of its most popular collections to its UK neighbor, Churchill, U.S. hospitality customers may have wondered if they could still get their Dudson products from their exclusive U.S. distribution partner, Art Cardinal. But not to worry, Art Cardinal is going full speed ahead and now has even announced new collections from the Dudson brand. Harvest is now available in natural, linen, brown, green, and blue, and offers an eclectic mix to serve the homegrown collections of the country's finest chefs. Each piece is individually made and designed with industrial toughness. This ceramic collection is a fully vitrified body, which results in extra strength and extra durability. And according to the team at Art Cardinal, this collection is fully in stock. Next up is Evo Origins. The Evo Origins collection is the Dudson collection that has the look of real stone with its textured matte finish, adding a new layer of plating possibilities. This vitrified ceramic collection is available in natural gray, which is in stock, and black and offers unmatched durability. Next up comes the Evo collection itself. Evo is a vitrified stoneware collection and available in a variety of shapes and sizes. And along with great shapes and great sizes, jet, granite, and pearl are the colors that can be mixed to offer a unique and modern tablescape. The semi-matte finish of Evo adds a special touch of sophistication and offers a beautiful backdrop for all Instagram-worthy photos. All collections of dishwasher and microwave safe and Harvest and Evo Origins Gray are in stock 
Evil will be available at the end of October, and Evil Origins Black will be available in November. To learn more about these collections, visit cardinalfoodservice.com or reach out to your local Art Cardinal representative. And finally, Columbia's Corona Hotelware is a company that is globally known for producing high-quality and high-durability dinnerware products for the hospitality sector. Corona has been manufacturing high-quality ceramic dinnerware since 1881, and the Corona factory ranks among the largest tableware facilities in the entire world with over 330,000 square feet of production space. And the capacity for that factory is over 6 million pieces of dinnerware each and every month. Corona has also been recognized for consistently investing in state-of-the-art technology. And at Corona, they utilize pad printing, high-pressure casting, and all kinds of other manufacturing techniques to make sure they ensure the top quality of their good hotelware products. They can also decorate in solid colors, wide brush band look, and of course they do in glaze decaling. They also use CAD software for both decoration and production, and it's applied across their total product portfolio. So while Corona is nearly 150 years old, it's still a very modern dinnerware company. Most Corona products also are manufactured with high alumina content and fired at high temperatures to provide industry-leading durability. And thanks to the free trade agreement between Colombia and the USA, the Corona portfolio does not require extra duties or quotas, which aids in making the Corona porcelain for hotelware the most affordable ceramic tableware available in its class. And earlier this year, they formed a partnership with a U.S. company called GET Enterprises for their U.S. distribution. And as you may be aware, GET has grown significantly in the past several years, so the addition of Corona Hotelware to the company's rapidly expanding portfolio of front-of-the-house products made complete sense. You can learn more about Corona Hotelware and the new partnership with GET by going to the GET website or simply contact your local GET salesperson. Now, 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Allen Company and asks the question of the week. This week, Shannon talks about localizing buffet wear and serverware for your events. We're back, everybody, with Shannon Talon, the category manager for tabletop and buffet wear from Edward Don and Company out of Chicago. And Shannon, we know that since you're the buffet wear expert, when it comes to buffets and service and meals, particularly with conferences and business meetings, we know that destination-specific foods and beverages are really trending. I'm thinking of locally grown foods, regional craft beers, that kind of thing. What types of tabletop and buffetware items do you see as products that you might recommend to operators to reinforce those themes? I love this question because I think using products that fit the vibe of a, of a location or a destination, I think that that's really fun. And that really gets the attention of, of people coming to your to your uh, restaurant, either for a buffet or coming to your hotel. So, you know, if you're in a big city, Chicago, New York, L.A., Dallas, Miami, you know, you could go with a, you could go with an industrial chic look. Um, if you're in more of a rural or, or, or further out location, you know, even though farm to table isn't really what we'd call a trend anymore, those earthy organic aesthetics are still really widely utilized. If you're someplace beachy or tropical, there is no shortage of bright colors, acacia wood, bamboo serving pieces, leaf-like decor. Uh, so I think there's a lot of the great thing about the fact that there's been 
so much new product development in the buffet space. Um, and there's been such a proliferation of product. I think it makes it really easy to create a theme that fits your destination. I think the other thing that's been really important um, that's developed in, in the buffet category over time is the number of Schaefer alternatives. I think that makes uh, customizing your display a lot easier too. You know, back in the day, you, you had your choice of round or rectangular stainless steel Schaefer's and that was, you know, kind of as, as exciting as it got. Um, but now with not only beautifully decorative Schaefer's, but also Schaefer alternatives, whether that's, uh, whether you're using butane, induction, griddle and grill style systems, the development in those categories has really exploded and made it so easy for operators to customize. So I, I think you're, it's a great question because people do want to take in a bit of the local flavor when they are at an event or out to eat. And with all the new product in the marketplace, it's really easy to do that these days. Yeah, I know we, uh, we've we done some things recently on meetings and business conferences and stuff, and food and beverage offerings are the number three decision-making uh, driver for where companies select to have their meetings. So food and beverage is really a critical component. Absolutely. Now here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave talks about trust. Why? Because it matters. We've talked about the issue of trust here before on Seat Yourself, what it means to be a quote-unquote trusting company, and all the ways that trust, or the lack of it, impacts any company or organization. Well, on LinkedIn recently, and by the way, if you don't use LinkedIn as a learning tool and only use it as a networking forum, you're really missing out on perhaps the best part of the LinkedIn platform. But that's another subject for another day. Recently, I came across a list that shared 12 things that companies that are built around trust, 12 things that they work hard to avoid, and I thought I'd share them with you today. So how do you know if a company really trusts its employees, like really trusts them? Well, it avoids these 12 things. Number one, it gives instructions rather than goals. There's a huge difference between being told what needs to get done and being told how to do it. Trusting companies set goals for their employees to achieve and give them the freedom to achieve them while offering support if necessary. Untrusting companies tell their employees both what to do and exactly how to do it. Number two, making an employee use personal time off to leave early for a dentist appointment. Smart companies don't care if a worker leaves a little early one day to go to an appointment. Again, that's because they care more about what gets done rather than how it gets done. Untrusting companies make their employees clock in and clock out, making work feel like a burden. Number three, having managers who work all hours of the night. The sure sign of a micromanager is one who constantly complains about being overworked. Why are they so overworked? They don't delegate. That's because they don't trust the people underneath them. Either that or they're redoing the work that they've assigned to others, again, because they don't trust the output. Number four, having a policy for everything. One of the author's favorite work stories is about a former colleague who was charged with writing a policy on how to write policies. For example, a policy policy. They were told to later write a standard operating procedure on how the company should go about writing its standard operating procedures. What do all these burdensome policies scream? They scream that the company or the organization doesn't trust the people who work there, and therefore they need a litany of rules for them to follow. Number five, having an insane amount of approval levels. There's nothing that destroys morale and innovation more than requiring every single action to be approved by a plethora of different people. Just like having a policy for everything, having this sort of burdensome approval process is a clear indication that the company doesn't really believe in the people it hires. 
Number six, not allowing their workers to telecommute. Some employers, for example, who don't trust their employees, think that working from home is code words for watching Netflix and eating ice cream all day. But here's the rub. Studies show that people are actually more productive working from home. Number seven, monitoring employees' internet usage. You can't have people shopping online for hours and hours at work, right? Untrusting companies think the best way to combat that is by playing uh, Big Brother and monitoring their employees' online activity. People will just surf on their phone instead. Smart, trusting companies realize that the best way to combat that is to trust and challenge their employees to do great work. And then they won't want to spend all day on Amazon. Number eight, I like this one. Withholding information from their employees. There's a reason that some of the world's most successful companies are exceptionally transparent with their employees. They trust them and they know that the information will empower them to act strategically. Meanwhile, untrusting companies love closed-door meetings and secret emails where knowledge and power is centralized to a select few instead of shared with the many. Number nine, keeping someone around that they think is inept. If a company makes a mistake hiring and the person just isn't working out, they should fire them and move on. Not only is it the right thing to do for the person and for the company, but if they don't, it will erode the trust the company has in its other employees. Firing people is never fun, but keeping them around without believing in them is even worse for everyone. Number 10, giving demands instead of having conversations. Companies that don't trust their employees rule by fiat, handing down mandates from the heavens that must be adopted without any complaint. Smart companies realize that often the best ideas come from employees in the trenches and engage them before making decisions. Number 11, ignoring their employees' complaints. Along those lines, non-trusting employees might just give lip service to a suggestion box or something along those lines, but then ignore any of the feedback that comes through. Smart companies allow employees to voice their concerns to top brass anonymously without fear of retribution, and then they use that information to improve their organization. And finally, number 12, ultimately not trusting themselves. This is the whole crux of the problem. Untrusting employers fundamentally don't trust themselves, certainly not their own hiring decisions. That mistrust leads to micromanagement and an effort to get employees to work harder and smarter, but it actually has the reverse effect. Great companies are confident in themselves, and that confidence extends to their employees. Now, I'm sure that your company doesn't do any of these things on this list of 12 things to avoid when it comes to trust, but it just may be worthwhile to review them every once in a while to be sure. Trust in yourself, in your company, or in your organization, because it matters. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Seat Yourself. And as always, I want to thank the Rockstar Category Manager, Shannon Talent, for joining us today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. And finally, I want to make a special thanks to the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And remember to be sure to check out their most recent Tabletop Advisor. You can download it from their website, www. Dot don dot com. Just go to the homepage and scroll down to the publications section. We'll see you next time, but always remember, Tabletop Matters. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. 
For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com.